Today we're going to continue talking about remedies and contracts. Uh, before I jump into the, into the lecture, I wanted to apologize for not getting any episodes out lately. Uh, work has been really busy the past few weeks, and so I just never got a chance to, to put out an episode. But hopefully I can get back to a, to a weekly cadence. Um, okay, so let's, let's talk about remedies. Party doesn't fulfill their side of the contract. Contract law says that party has to provide damages to the other party who did keep their side of the bargain. And in this episode, we're going to focus on how judges actually calculate that dollar amount that the breaching party will have to pay. And uh, to talk through this, we're going to go use an example throughout this whole episode. Uh, and so I'm just going to give you the setup real quick. So let's say that you are a wholesaler of orange juice and you promise to sell me a thousand gallons of orange juice. And I'm a retailer and I sell orange juice in my stores. Um, and so you sell me the, gal- the thousand gallons of orange juice, which I would go and sell them and make a profit on them. All right, so that's the basic setup. Um, now, let's say one of us breaches a contract, like I don't pay you any money or you don't give me any orange juice. The judge um, will have to calculate the dollar amount that the breaching party will have to pay. And there are three different ways or three different standards that judges use. And these are expectation damages, reliance damages, and restitution damages. And this episode, we're going to go into each of those in depth, figure out what they are. So let's start with expectation damages. And this is the most common method that's used. And the standard is that when you pay expectation damages, uh, it's meant to put the injured party back to the position they would be if the contract had actually been performed. So let's go apply that to our oranges example. Um, so in this contract, again, you sell me a thousand gallons of orange juice and uh, I'm going to pay you $3 per gallon for that orange juice. And then my, my plan is to sell that orange juice for $5 a gallon in my stores with a net profit of $2 per gallon. So I pay you $3,000 up front, uh, but you breach the contract. You say, uh, thanks for the payment, but I'm actually not going to be able to provide that orange juice after all. Um, and just to make things easier, uh, let's just make sure you're the only orange juice wholesaler in town and there's no one else I can get orange juice from. There's no way I can mitigate these damages that I've uh, incurred. In that scenario, I can sue for breaching the contract and you'd owe me some remedy. And again, going with the expectation damages standard, uh, how much would you owe me? Uh, remember, expect- expectation damages is the amount of money it would take to put me back into the position I would have been if you'd actually provided the orange juice like you promised to. So had you provided the orange juice, I would have sold it at a profit of $2 per gallon and $2 times 1,000 gallons of orange juice would be $2,000. So $2,000 is a total profit that I missed out on. Now, again, I've already paid you $3,000, so so you're already uh, in the hole for that. Plus, you now have to pay that profit that I would have made, which tax on another $2,000, for a total of $5,000. So that's the expectation damages for that scenario. So pretty simple. Um, again, I'm trying to keep this example really clean and simple just so you can get the basic rules down. Now we're going to go to reliance damages. And reliance damages is a standard where uh, you put the injured party back to where they would have been had the contract never been made. So going back to the orange juice example, Uh, Let's say you breach the contract in the same way, 
But for whatever reason, I choose, I want to get reliance damages instead of expectation damages. In that case, I would only get my 3000 back. Uh, because um, as if we if we had never made any kind of contract whatsoever, I would still have my $3,000. And that's all that matters. Just put me back in the same situation before we ever made any agreement with each other. Okay, so again, that's, it's really, that, that one's pretty simple too. Now, one question you might ask is, why would someone ever opt or choose reliance damages over uh, expectation damages? And uh, admittedly, it's less common, but sometimes the plaintiffs will do this when expectation damage expectation damages are difficult to prove. So for example, when we were just talking about the expectation, expectation damages, uh, I said that I could have sold each gallon of orange juice at $5 per gallon for $2, uh, for $2 profit. Um, now, in order for me to actually get uh, damages at that amount, I'd have to prove in court that in fact I could sell it at that price. Now, if I have some historical sales data from my stores that showed that I've been selling at that amount for a long time, then that probably wouldn't be a big deal. I could probably prove it pretty easily. But let's say I don't have any sales data. Maybe I've never sold, sold orange juice in my stores before, or you know, there's just no, uh, no good evidence to provide. In that case, it may be worth it uh, and less of a hassle for me to just take the reliance damages, uh, which is usually a lot easier to get, a lot easier to prove. Uh, the damages that have been incurred. I can just show that I paid a $3,000 check to you. Another situation where I would choose reliance damages is when the expectation damages are less than the reliance damages. And a good example of that would be if the market for orange juice plummeted, where I could only sell orange juice at, uh, at a loss for like $1 a gallon instead of at $5 a gallon. In that case, I would end up $2,000 in the hole. Because if you'd actually provided the contract, I would have paid you $3,000 and I wouldn't get that money back. And I've only made $1,000 from selling the orange juice. And under expectation damages, you would only owe me uh, $1,000 because that's where I would be if, um, if we'd both fulfilled our side of the contract. Um, so as we said before, I could get $3,000 with reliance damages. So in that case, that's what I'm going to go for because uh, it's more money for me. Okay. So that's reliance damages. Now we're going to move to restitution damages. Uh, Restitution damages are rarely used by the courts, uh, but it's just one more uh, standard that we need to go over. And restitution damages are the amount by which the injured, injured party, sorry, the amount by which the breaching party was unjustly enriched. So whatever amount the breaching party benefited, they have to give that back to the non breaching party. So going back to orange juice, uh, the orange juice hypo, let's say that after we made the contract, um, the plan is actually you're going to ship me orange juice in two separate 500-gallon shipments. After you send me the first shipment, I contact you a little bit later and I tell you, actually, I won't be able to pay you, f- pay you for any of that OJ after all. Um, and so you've given me 500 gallons of orange juice and I've given you no money. In that case, under restitution damages... I would owe you the value of the orange juice to me. So if I could sell the orange juice for $5 a gallon, you take that $5 a gallon, multiply it by 500 gallons, and that would be $2,500. That's how much I would owe you. That's how much I've been unjustly been enriched. Okay, so I think that's 
pretty straightforward. Uh, again, I'm sure there's lots of questions about, you know, when do judges choose to apply these standards and what choices do plaintiffs have in choosing which damages they opt for, uh, things like that. We're going to get into that. Um, for the next episode, I want to do a little bit more um, about this uh, different ways of calculating damages. I want to do a more in-depth and complicated example. This orange juice one was purposely made as simple as possible just so you could get the rules. Um, this next one, uh, this came one I went through in law school, it gets a lot more complicated. And so I think that would be good preparation if you're trying to get ready for an exam, a law school exam or something like that. Um, and then after that, uh, hopefully I want to get back into some case law. And then we can really see a lot of the rules um, like when these different standards get applied and other rules about remedies generally. So that's it for this week. Thank you for joining me. Uh, hope, hope you join me next time.